Hey friends, welcome. Scott Sullivan here, Georgia Baptist Mission Board. I'm the Discipleship Catalyst, and I am very excited to share with you a topic that is affecting all churches across Georgia, across the nation, across the globe right now as we deal with um, volunteers during the pandemic in our churches. Now, Matthew Gibbs is our consultant in the East Central region, and he's gonna be guiding our discussion today and um, Dr. Tim Smith from our Northwest region. Glad to have you with us, Doc. He'll be sharing some experience, things he's hearing. And then we've also got Dr. Hans Wunsch. He is an association missionary strategist down in the Mallory Association, which is our Southwest region, doing a great job. But he's, he's been struggling with this and researching some of these ideas to really better help the churches in his region. So we're looking forward just to the collective wisdom. Now, before we get into that, gentlemen, I just want to make sure that those of you who are jumping on to the broadcast now, make sure that you let us know who you are, where you're from, uh, because we are going, as we do every week, going to give away some free swag, uh, just a box of resources that we want you to have. So to be entered into that, you need to let us know where you're from. So if you'll drop that in the chat bar below here, we'd love to know who you are, where you're from, uh, so you can be entered into that. Also, uh, just to make sure that you know um, that this is brought to you because of the cooperative program. So when your church gives to CP, that money is part of what we, that's what we use. That's why we're able to get on here and to be able to give you every single week a seminary education without you having to necessarily pay for that. But we are collecting best practices dropping it into your lap because we exist to serve you guys, you ladies in the local church, you leaders. All right. So Matthew, uh, we are excited today, buddy. Your blog post, which we're, we're going to be putting in the chat here, um, was an excellent blog, just helping us to understand some things that we need to be thinking through during this critical time of uh, life in the local church. So got our discussion today, Matthew. Thank you, Scott and Tim and Hans. Thank you all for being with us today. Um, I serve uh, in the East Central region as a discipleship consultant, but I'm also full-time here at Second Baptist Church. And so this is uh, an issue for me as well. Uh, I think it's only been amplified because of the pandemic. Uh, but uh, a lot of guys are, are asking uh, these questions. You know, I, I need more volunteers. I don't know that... Uh, that any of us would say honestly that we ever think we have enough. And I actually put in the blog, I've, I've assumed that a few times and that was a mistake because the back door never fully closes. Uh, we're always uh, have losing some volunteers and need some, need some new ones. And so there needs to be kind of this pipeline of, of recruiting and training and developing and hopefully keeping great volunteers. Uh, we always make the joke in ministry that you can, uh, you can never give them a raise because we don't pay them. So uh, it's, it's, it's good to be able to keep them and, and have committed, uh, faithful volunteers. So what we want to do for just a, a few moments is have a discussion based on a few questions that I'm going to pitch to these guys and let them uh, share from their experience and from their research. And Hans, I'm going to start with you and Tim. I want you to answer this after Hans gets finished. You know, what are the challenges that you're seeing among uh, the churches in your association there in the Mallory Association, Hans and, and Tim in your uh, Northeastern region, when it comes to maintaining and recruiting volunteers, not just 
because of the pandemic, but also with the pandemic, just generally, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing? Hans, why don't you uh, answer first for us? Sure. Well, first off, uh, let me say that this, this issue is widespread. It, it doesn't matter if it's a normative size, uh, what some would call a smaller church, all the way up to our largest churches. Um, everybody is struggling with this right now, um, especially right now. I, I, like you said, you, you never have enough volunteers um, because there's, there's always more to be done. And, and I kind of thought a little bit about the whole 80, 20 thing and, and how our church attendance has gone down and, and the 20% then shrinks as well and, and all that. But regardless of all that, it, at this moment, it's just tough. It's, it's tough to, um, train. It's tough to recruit. It's tough to re retain, um, just, you know, personally, my wife is a volunteer at the church that uh, they get to go to. Um, my wife and son get to go to, and right now they can't uh, because our son is going through chemotherapy and he's immunocompromised and uh, he's probably not going to go back to the church facility until May of next year when he's no longer immunocompromised. And so you've got some of that going on, but I think more of what you've got going on is people who they, they were participants, they were volunteers, they became spectators back in May or even March, and, and they kind of like that seat that they've been sitting in for the last few months, and, you know, they feel like, well, church is going on pretty good without me. I mean, you know, we're still getting videos every week, and you know, there's still got people up on the stage, you know, platform who are singing and playing instruments, and all that stuff. So maybe it's not that big a deal. And meanwhile, the churches are going, what are we going to do? Right. What do we what do we how, how do we when normal happens again? And if it ever happens again, how do we staff for normal when we, we have, you know, two thirds of our volunteers or half of our volunteers or whatever that number is. And so those, that, that's the challenge I think is, and, and beyond that, you know, in talking with guys, they don't, you know, you're talking about closing the back door. They don't really know how to train during this moment. I mean, you can do some online training, but there's nothing like in-person training. Yeah. And, and uh, so th these are all concerns. Uh, these are all struggles. Um, and so we, we talked with them and, and I think if, if I can throw in a little nugget about, you know, what, what helps with all this is helping is, is getting the church to show what its mission is through video content, through your worship service, through whatever's going on so that people say, yes, I still want to be an active part of that solution to a lost and dying world. Right. I still want to be a part of that. And, and I think that, you know, is a much better motivator than guilt, which I admit I've used in the past. Uh, I would much rather them use love uh, and inspiration to to want to go and 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 take on the gates of hell, as opposed to you know me saying, "Well, you just you just got to do this, or else Jesus isn't going to love you anymore." Yeah. Yeah. Good points there, Hans. Appreciate you and, and your insights. And, and uh, Matthew, the, the, the thing that I would say um, for what I'm seeing take place um, is, uh, number one, for, for pastors and leaders and churches, 
not to assume that all of their leaders are going to return at the same time. Uh, I've seen a lot of churches, a lot of pastors that just think, well, you know, when we open the door and turn the lights on, uh, everybody's coming back. All my leaders are going to be there. And that's not what's happening. Don't assume that everybody's coming back. What I'm seeing uh, across the board is about one third of the, the before COVID leaders, about one third are not coming back. As Hans mentioned, for 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 real, real uh, life or death issues because of health, because of medical conditions, uh, they're, they're they're not coming back. So don't don't just assume that everybody's coming back. And, and I want to say this too that during all of this in the last seven eight months, the focus of pastors and even staff members has been on the creation of content. Uh, stuff like what we're doing right here, creating content for their members. Uh, so they've been focused on content and not on the development of leaders, or even worse, they've not been focused on the, the, the mission of making uh, disciples. And so uh, don't just focus on content, focus on leadership development, focus on disciple making. And, and let me say this too, what we're seeing not all of those who are coming back are healthy. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not just talking about physical. I'm talking about emotionally. I'm talking about spiritually. So just so they say, yes, I'm going to come back and teach my small group, or I'm going to lead the, 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 the children's time, or I'm going to do the Sunday school class, just because they're coming back does not mean that they're healthy. Coaching, mentoring, pastoral care of all workers is more vital than, than ever before. That's so true. Uh, thank you guys uh, for sharing. Kind of building off of that, recently Tom Rayner uh, wrote a blog about uh, why churches are losing volunteers uh, after COVID-19. And he mentions four reasons. I want to just hit those, and then ask you guys to respond maybe to his suggestions and any others you would have uh, kind of along the same lines of what you, what you just said, Tim. Uh, Rainer mentions that some members are in their own phased-in plan of returning as a result of COVID, maybe because of fear or concerns. They're just not quite ready to come back yet. And, and so those volunteers may still exist at some point in the future, but we've got we to figure out when and if they're coming back. Uh, another one he mentions, and I thought this was interesting, he said some members were already phasing out as a volunteer before COVID, and COVID just sped that process up for them. He also mentions, uh, and I thought this was uh, pretty insightful, uh, a lot of our churches have been in survival mode because of COVID, trying to figure out how to have, uh, you know, online services and everything else, and some of our members have kind of lost sight of our vision as a church, and so uh, as a result of that, their volunteerism has, has waned or dropped off altogether. Uh, and he says, uh, one of the other things he says is, you know, a lot of people volunteer as a result of their connection with their small group or their ministry team, but because of the pandemic and being quarantined and not being at church, uh, churches have shut down, they've kind of lost that connection uh, that spurred them on to volunteer because they're not with that group of people they served with anymore. So kind of give us some response to those and, and maybe any additions to this list that, uh, that you have. 
Tim, let's start with you. I, um, the the first thing that I would say in, in uh, uh, to to the blog from Rainer is um, the, the, he uses the word members quite often in there when he's talking about volunteers, and and I believe that you, if if you see your leaders just like you see all your other members, you're going to lose them. You you have to treat your leaders <laughs> like your prized possession. Man, you got to know them. You got to be. They got. They got to be your closest uh, people. The people that you're investing in. You you can't just treat them the same way. You've got you've got to to have them and invest in them. So don't don't treat your leaders just like another member. Man, you, they're they're your associate pastors. You you've got to 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 invest in them, and so don't don't just see them as members. And Rainer also talks a lot about mission. Um, yeah, maybe the reason that we're struggling right now is because we had the wrong mission. We had the wrong purpose. And, and what COVID has done is just amplified the fact that we were going in the wrong direction. And, 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 and we were, uh, what's happened with COVID is it's just hit the fast forward button and what we would have been struggling with in 10 years, we're struggling with uh, today. So get focused on the mission. The mission has not changed, people. The mission, the Great Commission is there to make disciples. That hadn't changed. COVID hadn't changed that. All the political stuff we're going through has not changed that. We are to make disciples. That is still the mission. Now, the the, the another point that he makes in, in here, is methods. Um, we've got to be like the church at Antioch and be willing to try new things and new methods, um, you know, to accomplish the mission. Uh, don't get stuck on the methods, get, get focused on the mission. And so uh, those are the things that I would say in response to, to Rainer's blog about volunteers. Hans, anything you want to share and add to that? Well, I, I think Tim is definitely spot on with all this. And, um, you know, I, I look back and for instance, Acts 8, you know, when the church is scattered out of Jerusalem and, and to me, that's a great way of looking at things, right? This is, this wasn't the first new normal for them. The first new normal was they could go to prison. They could be beaten. Peter and, 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 and John, you know, shows us that. And then the second new normal for them was they could lose their job. Right. But the third new normal was they could die. Stephen was like, you can die for you. And so a lot of people just, you know, went out of Jerusalem. And one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to help people see is that when you read Acts 8, you notice that the apostles stay in Jerusalem. It's the lay people that go out into Samaria and Judea and start new churches. It's the person that got saved three weeks ago that's starting new churches because they have this craving to be with other believers. And, and I think that is something that's definitely lost. Tim makes another great point in that um, the, the fact of the matter is there are some things that our church has been focused on that just, it, we, we need to evaluate those. When, when we get back to normal, um, maybe that doesn't get included in normal anymore because it was it wasn't worthwhile to start with, uh, and so and, and ruthlessly evaluating stuff is tough. It, it 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 brings pain. Some people will will have that as an idol in their life, 
And, and so that's a struggle. But at the same time, you know, who are you trying to please? Are you trying to please God? Are you trying to please man? Uh, and so, again, staying with the idea of volunteers, what do, what do we do? Um, and, I, and I just have to continue to go back to um, people knowing the mission of the church, knowing that the church is still out and about and sharing Christ with the, the, the nations as well as their community uh, is, is a huge help to say, you know, for, to inspire the individual believer to say, I want to be a part of that. And so how do you do that? Well, you know, one of the ways is you employ new people, not just old jobs, not just old volunteers, but new jobs, a videographer. Uh, you, you, everybody's got an amazing camera in their pocket on their cell phone. I mean, if they've got an iPhone 6 or above, and if they've got an iPhone 6, it probably is blown up by now. But um, if, if they've got some, some sort of halfway decent camera, they can be a videographer for the church. And you can take those videos and compile them together and have little blurbs within your worship service that everybody can see. It's like, hey, we're giving out masks or we're giving out food or we're sharing gospel at work or whatever. And so the people can see that the mission of the church is continuing. Um, and again, Tim makes another great point. We are in the mode of producing content for, you know, Bible studies and, 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 and also worship services and that sort of stuff. But we, we've got to be either producing or finding content for training our leaders because that's just not happening right now. Uh, and so this is a prime opportunity to be looking at and seeing, okay, what, what are some ministries out there that can help us find content that will help us train, especially these new volunteers that we've never had. We've never had a, you know, these, these kinds of folks that need to be a part of uh, our new normal, for lack of a better term. That's so good. That's so good. Hey, I, I'm going to ask you another question. Before I do, I want to kind of, uh, highlight something that both of you kind of hit on. Uh, you mentioned that although things have changed, the ministry is still going on. Things are still happening, and our people need to know that. We, we actually have talked about that here at Second, where I serve, uh, and we came up with something, and, and you guys can steal it and use it any way you want to. Uh, we, we decided that we wanted our folks to know that Second, which is what Second Baptist is, more than Sundays, and then we put together a little video montage that we play at the beginning of the service. Hey, this is what's happening. Here's what's going on. The ministry goes on. Maybe it's a little different, but it's so much more than our Sunday morning gathering. And we want you to know to be so that you know what's going on and so that you can get engaged and involved. I think it's important for our folks to know that. And with that, what are some of the best practices that you guys would share about recruiting and keeping or holding on to volunteers. Hans, why don't you get, uh, get us going here? And then Tim, you jump in after Hans uh, is finished. One of the things that I think is a, is a good practice is to say to the person that you're talking to about volunteering or has been a volunteer in the past, but is not currently serving, uh, what is it going to take for you to be engaged in this ministry? Um, do we need to, is, is wearing masks what it takes? Is, is it time? Uh, is it a vaccine? what's it going to take just to have an idea and, and definitely make a list of, you know, okay, John Smith says um, at this point, he's not able to come back until there's a vaccine, but that doesn't mean you stop talking to John Smith until the vaccine shows up. 
you know, you're still staying in contact with them. So I think that's one thing is that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm calling these people or I'm contacting, making these personal contacts with people and saying, hey, um, this is what's, you know, I, I just want to touch base with you, see how you're doing. Uh, again, man, Tim, you're just a, a wellspring of some great ideas. Uh, people aren't coming back uh, at the same place right i mean for a lot of people they're since they're not studying their sunday school lesson they're not growing spiritually and so you know that that's an issue and, and we need to make sure that that person is is spiritually healthy or or maybe they've got a parent that's gone through covid and man that rocked their world we need to make sure they're emotionally healthy maybe maybe they had a, you know uh, somebody in their family die from covid and, and again so the there's a there's a number of things that it can happen at any point in time, but right now, as been said, it's been amplified. It's it's been magnified in such a way that uh, it just it just points out. It's you know what it's like. It's like hand sanitizer on a paper cut. That's what it's like. Uh, and and whenever and and you just you didn't realize you had a paper cut until you use that hand sanitizer and that alcohol hits that paper cut and wham, you realize okay, there's a problem. There's, there's a cut there that I didn't realize was there. So those are good. Um, you know, having training, even if it's Zoom meetings, um, you know, talking with your, your volunteers for whatever group it is, if it's a discipleship groups, you know, then, you know, talking with your, your teachers, um, helping them see beyond the right, you know, what I can't wait to get back to normal in that how do we minister to our groups right now? And so, you know, we've got to be in communication. We've got to talk with them. Deacons, this is a great opportunity. Pastors, uh, you know, they're doing a ton right now. I hate to put anything else upon them, but, you know, there are some folks that need a contact uh, during the midst of all this. And, and, and then beyond that, the church just needs to understand that everybody is a shut-in. You know, at least not right this second. It's not that way anymore. But man, three months ago, everybody was a shut-in, and and it's tough to keep up with your regular shut-ins, much less when your entire church is a shut-in. So um, these are saying that you know, we're going to get back to normal. I think that's a, that's a misnomer. Um, I think I think we definitely need to be evaluating in this off time um, what what it is that needs to go away. Uh, or modified uh, in the future. Thanks, Hans. Appreciate you so much. And I'll just jump in there and say this about our associational mission strategists. We appreciate them so much and what they do. They've, they've been our partners in ministry. We'll continue to be that vital partner in ministry as we all serve <clears throat> together. So uh, thank you, Hans, and what you and all the associational mission strategists do. Let me, let me jump in there and say this about ideas. <clears throat> the first thing that a pastor, a staff member, a volunteer director needs to realize is you cannot do it by yourself. You need a team. And so get you a team, uh, a Sunday school planning team, a small group leadership team, uh, whatever team, <clears throat> because you've got to get those folks that are around you, that team, to help you with enlistment. Uh, you're, you're never going to grow your church. You're never going to grow the ministry past what you're able to do. So get more people around you, build you a team, and, and get them to help you 
uh, in enlistment and discovering of leaders. You, you've got to think like a baseball scout. Got my Braves uniform on right here. So proud of the Braves. But uh, you've you got to think like a scout. You've got to constantly be thinking about who's out there that could be a potential leader. I used to, years ago, tell Sunday school directors, you need to join the choir. Not so they could sing because they had the best view to be able to see who's out in the congregation. Uh, I think you need to be doing an ongoing leadership development course. Matthew, you, you were part of that years ago when you were a college kid. Um, you know, you, you got to have an ongoing, whether you teach it two or three times a year, but, but you know, five to eight weeks maybe, uh, mine was six, um, of, of constantly pouring into potential leaders. I think another thing that <clears throat> churches need to do, leaders need to do, is everybody needs them an apprentice. Everybody needs somebody that they're training, somebody that they're investing in. So, so look at all of your leaders, whether they're the Sunday school director or the lady who gets the cookies and Kool-Aid ready for the babies, everybody needs an apprentice. So empower them, release them to go and get somebody to come alongside to do ministry that they're training. Another thing is to organize <clears throat> your adult classes, organize your student classes, uh, organize your older children, get, get the members of the class involved in ministry, give them a job to do. Hans mentioned about a videographer. Every Sunday school class needs to have somebody that has a, that has a phone that they can turn on, whether they're meeting on campus or meeting in somebody's house. Every group needs to have somebody that's the videographer or the Facebook missionary. Get your classes organized. Outreach leaders, fellowship leaders, prayer leaders, there's tons of ways to do that, but organize. Why? Because that person that serves as that outreach leader for that lady Sunday school class may end up being the teacher for that fourth grade girls Sunday school class. So organize your groups. And, I, and Hans mentioned it about development of, of different methods. Do your, your training online, uh, whether it be Zoom, but, but begin to have regular ongoing training for your group leaders online. And uh, Matthew, can I jump in there and, and, and just share the, what I would consider the, the, the proper process? Yes, please. The, this is what I've, I've done for years. Um, the, 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 the first thing that we need to do in enlisting leaders is pray. Man, we can, we can lie to them. We can, we can try to convince them. We can guilt them, but, but, the Lord said for us to pray. And so the first thing that we need to be doing is praying for workers and then follow his leadership. Because listen, th this is not about what I do. You know, I'm going to mess it up. But when I, when I listen to the Lord and follow his leadership, it's not going to go wrong. So, um, so pray, listen to the Lord about who and, and where we need leaders. Uh, and then second, once he shows you that person that, that, he wants you to go and enlist, make an appointment. Man, don't grab them at the water cooler and at the church or in the parking lot. Man, call them up and say, hey, Fred, you know, I've been praying about something in our church. It's really important. I'd love to come by and talk to you. See, it adds value to the person and to the position. Find, and then provide them a list, of, uh, you know, a printed list of here's what it means. Here, here, are the, here are the duties. Here are the expectations. Share with them the term of service. Uh, generally, it's going to be about 12 months. 
uh, for students, uh, high school and middle school students, I've always done, I've always done a quarter for them, and then for children, older children, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, uh, I encourage classes to enlist them for one month. So. Let them know the term of service. Encourage them to ask questions about the position. Give them the support system. Here, here's what we do. We do regular leadership meetings. Let them know that they're not going to be alone. And then ask them to pray. Don't take a yes or a no in that first encounter. Uh, ask them to pray. Promise them that you're going to do the same. And then set a time for a decision. And generally about a week is what you can expect. And then the final thing is train them to do the same thing to take these same steps in, in leadership enlistment and use those. And so that's what I've found works as a process for um, proper enlistment. That's so good. Folks may not know it, but that's how I was recruited and trained by Tim. And then I just learned to do the same thing once God called me into ministry. The only thing I would add to that, uh, Tim, is that when we recruit them the right way, they usually become some of our best recruiters because right. they love what they do and they begin to invite others and we can help train them to do that. Uh, but just like you said, if it's all dependent on you, it'll fail and it'll be limited. But as you expand your influence through other volunteers who you train to lead and, and to recruit, you increase the capability of your volunteer pipeline. Scott, I want to grab you and pull you in here because I know you spent many years in local church and, and we've talked at length about that. And I've actually stole a couple of your ideas from when you were at Halton. Just share a little bit about some of your experience with uh, recruiting, training, and even keeping volunteers. You bet, Matthew. So a um, couple of keys that I think are really important is to remember that this whole thing is relational. So during the pandemic, we've been so isolated and we've gone virtual. Um, you cannot forget the intimate personal relationship development that has to happen between the leader and the person who is volunteering. Now, um, this relational aspect is important when you talk about leadership training. There's never been a more important time for you to have regular leader training where you're meeting with them. Now, you're going to train. You're going to share with them best practices. And, hey, here's what's expected. But you also need to listen to your people. That's relationship building, because if you as the leader fail to understand just how difficult it is for that volunteer to serve what they're doing, going through at home and with kids, if you lose touch with that, you're going to lose your volunteers. So this relational aspect is huge. And, and what you do as the leader in sounding the trumpet, your call to, to come be a part of this leadership family um, I want to make a difference between empowering ministers and just recruit, recruiting volunteers because just re recruiting people to fill a position can be impersonal. But when you are empowering ministers to use their spiritual giftedness and their passion to invest in the body of Christ, listen, that's, that's when they begin to understand why they do what they do. And of course, any of you who've, who've watched church culture over the last four to five years know that if your people don't understand why they're doing what they're doing, they're going to serve, but they're not going to serve with passion. Their heart's not going to be in it. So this is, is huge. I love the passage in first Corinthians 14, eight, that says, if the trumpet is unclear, who will prepare for battle? Well, leader, you're the one sounding the trumpet. You got to be clear about what you need those 
volunteers, those volunteer ministers to do, then you've got to empower them to do it. And then you've got to stay connected with them as, during this process. Because remember, they, they may, haven't done this before. So you're engaging, you're loving, but you're walking through this with them. And when they know that you love them, they're going to be more likely to stay engaged and healthy, happy volunteers recruit healthy, happy volunteers. That's so good, Scott. I, and I, I think that's something I've learned through the years in ministry. If I, if I make sure that the people know that I value them as an individual, not just what they can do for me and my ministry or the ministry of the church, that makes all the difference in how they view what they do because they know they're not just filling a spot because Matthew or somebody needs me to fill this spot, uh, but they're, they're loved and, and valued as a, an individual of the kingdom, and then they can get on board with that vision. And that's such an important part uh, of the relational uh, side of recruiting and, and, and developing those relationships. Hans, any final words from you? Um, no, I, I really... Um... I really don't have any extra things. I mean, it's such, such great information uh, right now. And just, you know, I just encourage pastors uh, and, and those that are uh, in on staff, you know, you're, you're going to get called to do things during this moment that you, you didn't sign up for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that there's, there's staff people that are working volunteer jobs right now to keep things going uh, in churches and uh, just know that you're prayed for. Um, your, your Georgia Baptist, uh, folks pray for you regularly. Uh, your AMs pray for you regularly, uh, and, and even praying for each other, uh, regularly. We have so much that we can share with one another in this moment. Uh, and we help it. I think it helps us to see that we're not in competition with other churches. We're in competition with the devil. Uh, he is our enemy. He is our opponent. Uh, and the church down the street or the church across town is not. Uh, and so uh, just so grateful uh, for the opportunity to help. Well, thank you, Hans, for what you do. And, and just like Tim said, all of our associational mission strategists and, and the time they invest in ministering to and pastoring our pastors and their churches and, and just being such a help. appreciate so much what you do to partner with us in ministry. Brother Tim, any final words from you? Thank you. Yeah, uh, Hans hit on it, and uh, and I agree, and that is pray. Man, hey, before COVID, the number one thing I heard from pastors and Sunday school directors and small group directors all over the state was, we don't have enough workers. We don't have enough leaders. I guarantee you that's the same song that we're hearing right now. We don't have enough leaders. So if it was that before, it's going to be more than that after COVID, and so pray. Matthew 9. 38, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. So we need to be praying and, uh, and depending on him. So pray and get your people praying. Don't try to fix it yourself. Listen to the Lord. Spend time with him. Pray, listen to him, and follow his direction. That's my final word of encouragement. A great word, great word to end on. Scott, I'm going to toss it back to you. Thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, today and and don't forget to to leave a comment. Uh, the I'll make sure that we post the uh, link to the Rainer blog for you as well as some other resources uh, in the chat. So that uh, but if we can be of any help to you, 
any of our discipleship consultants, we want to partner with you, resource you well, do whatever we can to help you. Thank you, Matthew. And thank you for writing the blog. And I just want to highlight two things that you mentioned in there. One dealt with alignment. So when we are creating programming to make sure that when we know we're struggling to get enough of these empowered volunteer ministers to make sure that we're not doubling up and creating so much uh, programming and opportunities that our people who are volunteering are having to volunteer twice or three times as much. Really important. Um, and I will share a, a note, and I want to be real careful here, Matthew, because this is risky, what I'm about to say. Um, there was a church that I knew of that was struggling to get enough of those volunteers, and it was in children, this particular church was in children's ministry. So um, the, the adults are, kind of, are in there, the teenagers are going to class. Well, when children showed up, they, they didn't have any classes. That children's person, director, uh, shut down children's ministry for that Sunday because they couldn't get enough volunteers to create a healthy environment for their kids. So they just said, you can't do it. They sent the kids to life group with those adults. Now it's risky because you're going to make people mad if you shut down like that. But I will tell you um, that church didn't have any more problems with volunteers getting them to serve. And I call it feel the pinch. Sometimes our people have to feel the pinch before they realize the magnitude of, of the problem. So just an idea that is creative. It is risky because you are probably going to make folks mad. And one last thing I would say that I loved, um, what you did in your blog, Matthew, is you, you basically were talking about creating a culture where people want to serve. And that's what we want to do in our churches. We want to create a healthy, uh, biblical, empowered culture where our people understand what their giftedness and their passion is. And then we help focus them into an area where they can serve with that passion. They understand that they're building the kingdom of God that has exponential impact. So they feel empowered. They feel valued because I'm consistently investing in them. So, um, man, just thank you for what you did in the blog. We're going to drop that. We're going to share that. I hope that um, those of you who are watching will share that with others. Because like Hans mentioned, this is a massive issue that all churches in every state and every association are dealing with. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you to PJ Dunn. He's our show producer today. And again, make sure if you have not dropped your name um, in your church into the comments, do that because we're going to be sending out a notice here shortly of who won the free swag. So again, thanks for viewing. And as always, make sure that you replicate and the uh, share with others that gospel seed that was shared with you. So important as we make disciple makers throughout the globe.